0: Here is Bryce Johnson.
1: Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. Thanks so much for joining us. Our guest on the show is Eric Wood. He's a former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills, he played his college football at Louisville. Now he works with the ACC Network as an analyst and is the Buffalo Bills radio analyst as well. And he's a host of his own podcast. It's called What's Next? And so before we jump in with him, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to HealthMarketGenius.com. Know your options. Health Market Genius. Dot com support them as they support us. So Eric is a really cool guy. We're, we're the same age. had a had a wonderful conversation and and excited for for you to hear it. And and I think uh, what's so neat about him is he's covering the NFL and college football, so he's all in and he's getting to cover you know the team that he played for and then of course uh well actually both teams because he covers Louisville in the ACC as well. And And so I'm going to ask him about the new head coach for Louisville and uh, McDermott in Buffalo, and he's got some some good uh thoughts on both of those guys and and then we'll talk faith and uh, the transition away from the NFL because it ended up being premature for him due to injury and so that's that's a common story in in sports, especially in football where where guys are forced out because of injury sooner than they thought and they're not always you know mentally prepared or emotionally prepared for it Uh, but you'll hear the the faith side of that for Eric and and how his faith got him through that but but still challenging so uh, we'll jump into that in just a moment Uh, also wanted to mention with fantasy football coming up the NFL season coming up uh, encourage you to check out fantasyfootballfellowship.org and Buy the, the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook to read throughout the season, taking fantasy concepts and relating them to the Bible. Uh, you can also get the Commissioner Kit, uh, which is designed for your specific league to use uh, during the season to bring meaning and purpose to your league. And then also, if you want to do fantasy football through your church, uh, check out the Church Kit on Fantasy Football Fellowship. Dot org. And then if you are looking for a fantasy league to join, we've got a really unique league with a few teams still available. And you can find out more information about the FFF 32 league, 32 teams go to unpacking slash fantasy. Stick around at the end of the interview. I'll, I'll unpack some of the big topics that, that, that we, ta- we talked about. And then some of the takeaways from the conversation with Eric
0: Wood But here he is, joining us
1: on Unpacking It.
0: Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson.
1: And joining us now on the Unpacking It podcast is former Pro Bowl center for the Buffalo Bills, He's a former Louisville Cardinal, and now he's an ACC Network analyst and Buffalo Bills radio color commentator. He's also the host of What's Next, a podcast that interviews guys all about just impact and and inspiring people. And and, uh, he played nine seasons in the NFL. He retired after the 2017 season. We are joined by Eric right now. Eric, great to have you on the show. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. It's an honor to be on this podcast, and, and and I appreciate the invite.
1: Absolutely. Well, we're we're fired up to to have you. And and first off, let's talk just about the the fall. And and it is football season. It looks like we're going to get football. But how are you feeling about kind of how the setup is, and this idea that we should have ACC, SEC, but not Big Ten, Pac-12. Looks like the NFL season's happening. How you feeling about it all?
2: You know, for me, with my job with the ACC and, um, you know, you guys based in Charlotte, you, you get a lot of the same information I'm getting. So right now there are some schools that are really struggling with some cases, but they're delaying their games so that they can still um, – Get those games in, and that's a great sign that they're willing to be flexible on the schedule because they may have to be flexible on the schedule this year. It may extend out a few more weeks based upon scheduling conflicts with with cases arising, but when it comes to college football um, and all the people that I've talked to, administrations within the ACC, we all honestly think that it is a safer environment. It's a safer situation for these college students, these college athletes, to be back in school where they're getting all the testing, all the nutrition. If a guy tests positive, he's not even allowed in the building. They quarantine anyone he even came in contact with within a six-foot radius, even if they get negative tests. You put all these college kids at home right now, are they truly going to be going through these measures? Maybe. I know I wouldn't, and I felt like I was a pretty mature 18- to 22-year-old. And so – I think it's best for them to be on campus and playing. I understand there's a lot a lot of liability at stake and that's where conferences like the Big 10, Pac-12 and so many other schools Have bowed out. There's also a lot of financial uh, implications that come with this as well with all the testing and measures that a lot of schools couldn't afford. But I'm hoping for a college football season. I think it'd be a great respite through all this tough time that we've been going through between this, the social issues as well. It'd be great to have college football here and it would be great to have the NFL. NFL is a different animal. You're talking about um, over eight billion dollars in TV contracts out there that I think they're going to go after. But but I'll tell you this: we're we're about three weeks away from the start of the season as we're recording this, and it sure doesn't feel like we're three weeks away. And a lot of that's because of the preseason not being played this year. But man, it just it does not feel like football is within a uh, within a couple weeks in college football and and three weeks in the NFL.
1: You're right, and I think for a lot of fans too, there's a sense of hesitation to be fully excited about the season because we're afraid oh, are they going to take it away at any moment so i've sensed that from guys too but i think overall we're all just so uh excited about the the possibility of, of some level of normalcy to think hey saturday at noon when i turn on the tv there's going to be football well, it won't be the big 10 but we'll get some football and then sunday at, at one we'll, we'll have the nfl so uh i know i'm rooting that rooting for that for sure well speaking of you know everything going on in in the world and and 2020 has just been such a such a unique year for you in what ways have you been challenged or impacted and and even how has your your faith maybe grown or or been challenged thr- throughout this year for you
2: yeah let me start off by saying that My family's been healthy. My loved ones have been healthy through this time. um, And I'm extremely thankful for that. So I'll preface any complaints that I make from here on out or uh, anything that sounds like complaining. um, I'll preface it by saying we're extremely blessed to be in the financial situation we're in, uh, the health situation we're in. And, and, you know, we've, we've spent a lot more time together. I'll say that I'm, I'm generally on a lot of planes. I had three spring games, Um, to call in a row. In the prior weekends, I had a trip with just me and my wife. We had a trip with our family. And on the front end of that, I had a a golf trip for March Madness out to Las Vegas uh, that was going to be for a golf fan like myself. We were playing three top 100 courses in two days and uh, it was going to be pretty special. But I say all that, that was six weekends in a row I scheduled to be gone. The fact that I got stuck in Louisville through that time, not hopping on planes, that was so much more time I got to spend with my family. And as long as I internalized it like that, and, and tried to wake up each morning with an attitude of gratitude, and say, "God, thank you for the position I am in. God, thank you for the people you've blessed me with in my life. My gorgeous, amazing wife, my kids, every you know, everything you've blessed me with. My attitude was so much better than if the first thing that hit my brain in the morning was thinking what we could have been doing, um, and, and that that's not a correct posture. Those those times will hopefully come back, and if they don't, it is what it is. We try to make the most of those times." But I say all that, you know, when you're in the broadcast industry and you know, I've only got, you know, six months of work under my belt, those were three spring games for ESPN I was really looking forward to. That That was a resume builder. This preseason for the Bills, um, those were resume builders for me that, that I'm missing out on. And, and so, yes, I'm missing these times. There were so many things canceled. I live in Louisville, Kentucky. The Kentucky Derby was already postponed. Now it's, now it's no fans at all. Um, we have a lot of crazy times going on in our city. Um, with Breonna Taylor situation going on, with that happening in Louisville, and so there's a lot of unrest in the city, and, and we continually pray um, that that something good will come from this. And I don't, a, a lot of it, it's it's so tough to see at times, but we we know that God works for the good of those who have been called according to His purpose and love Him. So if we keep the faith, like what good can come from this? Um, it's easy for you to say when you're not a family member or something, but you know if if brianna's life can bring about so much change in this world changes in perspective changes in attitude to bring a country together as opposed to tear it apart um, then then her purpose was served and and that's that's me thinking out loud and trying to make just of a situation that that's that's pretty awful for um, so many around this country right now
1: absolutely and and yeah appreciate you sharing all that and and you know for for you as far as Getting into broadcasting and, and needing those those reps that, that you weren't able to get uh, makes it tough, but thankfully you, you do have this opportunity to work with the ACC network, to work with the Buffalo Bills, and and so I'm curious just how you ended up deciding that that was the direction you wanted to go following your retirement in the NFL. And, and we'll go back to the kind of how you retired and all that in, in a little bit. But, but specifically on the broadcasting side, how did you end up going that direction?
2: We'll get to it. But my career ended abruptly. I was not prepared for my career to be ending when it did. And, and I did always live by, um, yes, I want to have a foundation outside of football that involved my family, my faith, my friends. You know, I, I wanted strong values, things I cared about outside of football that my identity wasn't a football player. Um, but I always felt like those that tried to pursue careers while they were still playing football, well, it ended their football career a little uh, quicker than they wanted to because you have to be all in when you're talking about you have 32 teams, a guy like me who played center. You know, there's only 32 starting centers in the NFL, and some guys play for 15 years. So do the math. That's what, one or two guys a year that maybe sticks in the NFL at center? For me, I'm, I'm all in on ball. And so for me, when I got out, it was natural for me – um, to want to stay around football. Uh, I had some national media members reach out to me who I had been really cordial with and tried to be, you know, just friendly with over the years. I understand they're trying to do a job, but they appreciate when you treat them with some respect. And they reached out to me, hey, if you ever need anything in this business, ever want to give up a shot, let me know. And so um, I reached out to them and, and was able to call one game my first year out for Fox. Uh, it was Iowa State, Kansas State, and really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed being background ball, talking to coaches, even the production meetings and everything else that I'm sure longtime broadcasters uh, kind of get tired of. It was, it was fun for me to do those things. Um, so it, it's been a fun transition to that, that side of the game now.
1: The opportunity to do college and NFL is unique and rare because most guys kind of focus on, on one. So how do you uh, prepare for both? Keep up with both, and 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 why did you ultimately decide that you wanted to to do both versus focusing in on you know one level of football versus two?
2: Yeah, the preparation can be tough, especially for the college game because you could have two teams that you might not be able to name a single player on either team. You know, especially an early season game, you get an unfamiliar ACC team playing maybe a one double A school. We had a couple one double A schools last year, or sorry, FCS schools uh, last year. And, you know, I couldn't name a single person on Furman going into the game. Um, They end up giving Virginia Tech a run for their money. But, you know, you get a game like that, and it takes a lot of prep work. Luckily for me with the NFL side, the Bills are one of my teams every week. And so I know that team. And with me just being so uh, recently rude from the NFL – A lot of these coaches i played against or played for or played in their schemes. And then a lot of the players I played against or no personally. Um, So it becomes a lot easier to prepare for the NFL side. Um, But, but they both kind of serve a different purpose. You know, I'm doing TV with college. So I'm learning that aspect of things. Um, I'm forced to develop certain skills there. And then with the radio side, you're forced to to develop a totally different set of skills And, and we'll see where I end up in this whole business. But I, I, I don't really do anything halfway. So when I got into broadcasting and I had the opportunity, you asked how the opportunity came about, I signed on with ACC Network and then got off with the Bills gig. I, you know, those NFL color commentators for the radio, they're generally alumni from the team, and they generally don't leave. Yeah. And the guy who had my job before me was 15 or 16 years. And so I felt like if I, if I skipped it, I might not ever get the shot again. And so it made sense for me to take them both, even though – It'd be a a lot of work for the fall. My family was used to be working a lot in the fall, so it was an easy transition um as as a family and honestly, I felt like if I could do both that I'm getting development within the business at twice as fast as someone who's just doing one or the other
1: man no that's awesome and i'm I'm happy for you and, and excited to uh hear you see you and, and all that kind of thing this fall and 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 let's go back though to the end of your NFL career, because it's great to hear what you're doing now and, and making that transition. And uh, for many guys, it's tough to figure out what to do next. And so for you to be able to do that is, is, is neat, but it doesn't mean that it wasn't difficult saying goodbye to the NFL. And especially with a, a neck injury, like, like you were dealing with. And so, you know, here on this show, we love talking faith and, and personal side of things. And so can you take us into what that experience was like, knowing that you needed to, to move on and say goodbye to the NFL, uh, but not necessarily in your timing when it, when it took place. So, so what was that experience like for you?
2: Yeah, quickly, the 2017 season, the Bills break a 17-year playoff drought. That's my ninth season in the league, all with the Buffalo Bills. I was a former first-round draft pick, and I just signed my second contract extension with the team before the 2017 season. So I, I'm very secure in my job in Buffalo. I'm the only player that played 100% of the snaps for the Bills that year. And after our playoff game, I found out in our exit physical that I had the neck issue, um, which ultimately I find out while we're in the delivery room three days later waiting for the birth of our son, that my career is over, 50 minutes before he's born. So that was a tough time. You know, we think we're, we're trying to figure out how we get a newborn and a two-year-old down to the Pro Bowl in three weeks and instead – we're trying to figure out how to tell our families and make an announcement in Buffalo that my career is over and no one really knew about it. So it was tough to even bring up. Um, so that, that was a trying time. And, and honestly, it, it shook me pretty good. We never wavered in our faith. We've always had um I think it's times like those when having really strong Christian buddies is important mm-hmm. because you're getting the word poured onto you as opposed to you necessarily even having to go seek it out in those moments. So, so many people were pouring into us at the, at that time that it made it easy to rely on your faith. And, but there was some anxiety that came from that, which I never experienced in my life prior to that. I always knew, man, I want to be a, a great husband, a great dad, a great friend, Christian and all that. But I want to be the best center in the NFL period. So each morning I woke up, woke up with a purpose outside of the uh probably more important things but career wise i knew exactly what i wanted to do well then all these possibilities opened up you know do you want to do this do you want to do that should should you do nothing you're you know we could maintain our current financial situation in Louisville for the rest of our lives do do you just sit around and play golf for the rest of your life and and i i Knew that wouldn't be fulfilling, but after being a stay-at-home dad for a while, I truly appreciate what stay-at-home moms do a whole lot more. And, you know, there was, there was a couple of verses that I just had to cling on to, and it was Jeremiah 2911, and that, that becomes so overused at times. You know, if I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not harm you, it could be overused by so many until you're at a time like that. And you, you're thinking, all right, God, your plan is bigger than my plan. It's better than my plan. Um, and then in Philippians where it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in all situations through prayer and petition with thanksgiving – present your request to God. And it was the with Thanksgiving that I truly had to try and cling on to like, okay, God, I wanted to be playing football, but thank you for me sitting in my house in Louisville right now at five thirty in the morning, not knowing what to do. Cause I'm getting up, like I'm still a ball player and, um, but thank you for this. I'm not going to be anxious, but like, where are you putting me here? You know? So, so it was a humbling time. It was a trying time, but, but I felt like our family got stronger and, and there's so many, So many unbelievable blessings that that came from it with the timing. And, you know, I ended up not needing a surgery on my neck yet. I I may down the road. But at C2, C3, that's paraplegia and loss of respiratory function. I had a disc sitting into my spinal cord when I finally saw the MRI. Like I could have been laid out on a field, lost my ability to breathe and all of my limbs. You know, I had a brother uh, who passed when he was 11 and he was born with cerebral, severe cerebral palsy, I saw what it looked like to not be able to breathe on your own, to not be able to walk and control your motor functions. like I saw that firsthand. So to be able to, to see that MRI and be able to walk away from the game and still function and be active is is, is a blessing. And and that's the posture I've chosen to take.
1: Man, that, that's encouraging and inspiring. And I love your choice of words, uh, pouring on the word, that your buddies were pouring the word on you. And uh, let, allowing it to soak in. And yeah, I love that. I just love that illustration. Uh, that's, uh, that's cool to hear. And, and to your point, the importance of having those kind of guys in your circle, I talk about it a lot on this show because I, I find it to be so important and, and you can't value it enough, uh, especially when you go through those tough times and you don't know when those tough times are going to come. So you got to build those relationships always. Uh, so, so it's ongoing. I guess along those, th- that same topic, how did you or how do you now take some of the, the brotherhood that was experienced within an NFL locker room where in many ways it's built in there's kind of natural fellowship whether it's casual teammates or, or sometimes deeper as well how do you keep that going now that you're out of the NFL and for those of us that aren't experiencing a locker room either how, how do we cultivate that at this point in our life?
2: There's no way of replicating an NFL locker room. And, and as guys leave the game, you don't miss the Monday morning feeling. You don't miss training camp practices. You don't miss um, all the time you spend away from your family. You don't miss all of those times. You miss the times around the guys. You miss celebrating wins. You miss cracking jokes on each other because when you spend 80 hours a week together, you become like brothers, like you said. And, and so you can't replicate that. Um, you appreciate it for what – it uh, this was told to me. You appreciate that for what it was, and when you get together with those guys again, you reminisce on those times and you appreciate that time. But there's always going to be changes in life. And so now I'm, I'm involved in a couple of different men's groups. Um, I, I belong to Southeast Christian Church here in Louisville. And so I'm, I'm involved in a couple of different men's groups there. Uh, try and have as many as you're talking about, just authentic male relationships that, you know, buddies that can check me at different times. And, you know, I, I essentially became a 32 year old entry level worker in the broadcast business, but it could have been a number of different businesses. And, and I need some accountability at times like, Hey, no, no, no. in in this business, and when you're hopping into the real world here, here's what you need to do. But then vice versa. Hey, how's your family doing? How's your relationship with your wife? Um, you know, are you getting in the word first thing in the morning, all the things that I want to be held accountable to when you get some real friends that do that for you, man, it's as good as gold.
1: Amen. Amen. No, I love that. And I'm I'm right there with you. And, it it takes intentionality and effort and, uh, and cultivating. So, uh, it doesn't just, you know, happen, you don't roll out of bed and it happens. It, uh, you got, you got to be a friend and you got to be, you know, what you need, you got to be that to other guys as well, uh, which is key. Well, uh, we, we got to talk a little bit more, more football. And, and, and I've got to ask you about both kind of teams that you're connected to and, and we'll start with Louisville. Because as you can see, I've got my App State flag behind me. And of course, Louisville stole our, our great coach, Scott Satterfield, and ended up having a tremendous first season uh, in, in Louisville. And, and so I, I was sad to see him go, but excited for, for all that, that he's been able to accomplish quickly uh, at Louisville. But, but what have you seen as far as the impact that he's made and, and how was he able to have such a, a quick impact,
2: yeah. Well, first off, we thank you for him, and, <laughs> and what a blessing he is. Um, uh, you know, he lives, I guess, six doors down from me in my neighborhood. My wife lets <laughs> his dogs out when they go on road trips and stuff. So, That's uh, awesome. yeah, we, uh, we've gotten close with the Satterfields, and they're a tremendous family, first and foremost. And when he came to Louisville, the cupboard wasn't completely bare from a talent perspective, but they were a two and ten football team statistically bottom five if not the worst defense in college football and really no confidence at all if they gave up 50 points to Notre Dame to start the season last year I always joke that Scott Sagerfield's name would be on it but it'd been the most consecutive 50 point games given up in NCAA history he inherited a group that, that lacked confidence, lacked trust in the coaches, um, and, and lacked a number of things. And, and from the get-go, he wanted them to compete, to have fun, to trust the coaches. So they all came to to the coaches' houses for meals. They met their families. They poured into this, these kids. They told them they loved them. And, and it sounds cheesy until you watch Clemson who's the top two program in the country right now and Davos kind of doing the exact same things with his staff. And so it's kind of cut from that model that, that love your players. When you, when you show them love, they will want to play harder for you as long as there is a certain level of accountability. Cause you always have to keep in mind, these are 18 to 22 year olds and we can all think back to our 18 to 22 year old selves. If you give us too much, you know, we're going to take it, but He's done a phenomenal job. Um, I'm excited about the season um, and what they bring to the table with the realignment of the schedule. We actually dropped Clemson for the first time since we've been in the ACC. Other every other year we play them every year, so this could be a year that uh, Louisville can make a run at the ACC championship game.
1: I, I love it. I'll be pulling for him for sure. And uh, yeah, that's that's great to hear. And and we're we're sad he's gone, but but yeah, it's he, he landed at a good spot and he he brought a lot of app guys with him too. So that's uh that's cool that there's a little piece of that culture at, at Louisville, uh, which, which we love. And and so then the, uh, the other team that you're connected to, of course, the Buffalo bills and and doing a former player and, and radio analyst. And so Sean McDermott, uh, he left the Panthers, which I'm in Charlotte. So former defensive coordinator and, and has gone to Buffalo and, and really made uh, again, a huge impact, signs a huge contract extension and Buffalo is bought in and, A lot of hype surrounding the Bills going into this season and excitement surrounding them. And so kind of a similar question, and you were playing when he got there, how did he kind of change things, and and what was the key that, that McDermott brought to Buffalo that has made such a difference?
2: You know, I'll just say that Sean McDermott's one of the most consistent people I've ever been around in my entire life, and the approach that he brings every single day uh, to his life, he brings the coaching, which rubs off on the players. Him and Brandon Bean, who is the assistant GM in, in uh, Charlotte for the Panthers, he comes up as well. They have a tremendous working relationship from head coach to GM, and that they both know exactly the type of guys they want to bring in. And they call it having their DNA. And it's not it's not a, an exact blueprint, but it, essentially, it's guys that work hard, they're accountable. They're enthusiastic. They love to play ball. And when you have that many guys like that on a team, then you can bring in a couple knuckleheads and then they kind of form to the culture of the building and you could take some chances on guys, maybe in the draft or free agency. But what they've done rebuilding from a salary cap perspective, from a talent perspective, a depth perspective, has just been absolutely phenomenal to where the bills are set up for a long term success. And, you know, as well as anybody being the fantasy football expert, you are it, a lot of the NFL comes down to quarterback play and can, if Josh Allen can develop to be a top six, seven starter in the NFL, you're talking about a team that has such a good defense and is so sound everywhere around him that you're looking at a team that could be competing for the AFC championship, the Super Bowl every single year.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I've i been thinking about him because he took a step forward last year. We saw tremendous growth. How big can that second step be? And, you know, how much better can he get? Because part of me thinks, okay, maybe he's on the Ryan Tannehill level, kind of a similar style maybe of play, but can he exceed that? And and, and to your point, become one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. Uh, it's going to be fun to see. So Ryan so Tannehill.
2: Ryan Tannehill lit it up last year in Tennessee, and and that shows you with a good offensive line um, in a run game, what you can look like as a quarterback where they didn't have either in Miami and you saw what he looked like down there. Man, so much of the NFL for quarterbacks is the situation you're put in early in your career because – I always say in life it takes four seconds to make an impression and four years to change it, and it's similar with quarterbacks in the NFL. You draft a guy number one overall. You probably are a really bad team with really bad talent at the skill positions and probably a bad offensive line. That's how you got the number one pick in the draft. That's how you were one and fifteen, two and fourteen. Well, now you stick a guy in there immediately. It's his first year with an offensive coordinator, first year in the NFL, and now you just want to make this huge opinion on him. I mean, Peyton Manning, I believe, led the league in interceptions his first year in the league. That's right. And then obviously goes on to all the Hall of Fame career. Brady doesn't even start early in his career, and those are maybe the two greatest quarterbacks of all time. Both top five. You know, it'd be hard to argue that they're both the top five quarterbacks of all time. Josh Allen is now in year three in the same system. They've kept a lot of his familiar faces on the outside, but then they add Stephon Diggs, the number one receiver, uh, comes over from the Vikings. And then all of the offensive line is back. John, one of their guards is getting pec surgery right now. He will be back. They have added Brian Winters, the veteran guard, from the Jets. you got a great offensive line in front of them. I look for there to be a jump going into year three. I think it hurts them a little bit with a young quarterback and, and, and a new number one receiver that there wasn't OTAs. And you're getting limited team reps even now with, you know, you're not going to – they spent so much of this training camp doing routes on air and all that with, with the coronavirus stuff going on. But I love Josh. I just had him on my podcast. Yeah. Extremely likable young man. And, and I almost said kid because I, I tend to call, like, anybody under 25 a kid now. But if you stand next to Josh Allen at 6'5", 245, uh, he sure doesn't feel like a kid
1: no and he's he's taking command of that that offense and uh speaking of fantasy i've, I've got devin singletary as my running back on, on my key fantasy team so I'm, I'm hoping for a big big year from him as well because he he showed great toward the end of the year it really did yeah, I,
2: I do like that um and and with them they added uh, moss a running back from utah in the fourth round i believe who will take some carries from him but singletary is a guy who can catch the ball in the backfield Um, So if you're in a uh, uh, point per uh, PPR league, you're getting a point every time you catch the ball out of the backfield, which as Josh needs to progress, it's less shots down the field and maybe a few more checkdowns. Maybe you get a few more uh, catches at the running back position there. And then I believe he was second in the league in yards per carry last year, right behind Lamar Jackson. Pretty strong company there.
1: I'd say so. And that's that's always an important number to me. I like guys that can get get yardage and doesn't necessarily take a ton of carries to get there so yeah so I love love hearing that well we got you mentioned your your own podcast which which I, I'd love to, to hear more about it's it's called what's next and and interviews that impact and inspire what is your kind of heart behind it goal behind the, the podcast
2: yeah so when I originally started it I had nothing going on in the broadcast world but i wanted to get um, some content out there and so my heart behind it is basically, I want to interview people that I learn from, I'm inspired by. Um, and I feel like if I do that and these interviews impact me, they'll impact listeners as well. It'll grow organically. And, you know, I've gotten so many texts from people about, from the podcast about something that someone said that hit them at the right time. And that's how I know I'm not wasting my time with it. Um, I also started doing that, and then all of a sudden started getting some job opportunities in the sports world uh, that um, was able to produce some content. During this COVID time, it's allowed me to try and further sharpen my speaking skills, my interviewing skills, which when you're on the one side of the microphone for so long, at times it becomes hard to to be on the other side of the microphone and actually carry an interview because you're so used to just answering the questions. So there's a lot of uh, reasons why I wanted to get going. Uh, But as you've probably learned, the networking that comes from it is absolutely phenomenal. And I don't say that like I need to create a network to be the most powerful man in the world. It's amazing the connections. We were talking about Brian Tomey, the pastor at Crossroads Church. Well, he asked me if he could have uh, the number of former Reds player. He's a Louisville grad, now plays for the Braves, Adam Duvall. I asked Adam Duvall if that was okay to connect them. Adam Duval says, dude, when I was playing in Cincinnati, I was listening to his him speak every single week, and we still listen to him down in Atlanta on, the, on his weekend messages. That would be an honor. And it's like little connections like that that I feel like has become like almost a spider web of this like podcast game and getting the opportunity to do this here today. If I didn't have my podcast, maybe we don't sit here today and do this and and who knows who's impacted in some little bit by one of the two of our words here today
1: amen a- absolutely and and i'm yeah i'm a big uh, fan of of connections and and how god uses them for his purposes and th- the people that we meet sometimes you know years ago we think oh well, why did i meet that person and then years later you realize why or the person that they knew and um and yeah i've seen that with this podcast and you know, even, even just the overlap of guys that, that we have on or the different connections, like in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Eric McClain on who you work with at the ACC network, who's an awesome guy and based great. in Charlotte. And so, so anyway, so those, those are the kind of things that, that, that take place and, and uh, it's fun. So the podcast world's great. My background's in radio, but I've, I've gone all in on the, on the podcast realm and, and there's something special about it. So uh, it's cool that you're, you're right there in the mix and, and getting that, that experience as a host. So, uh, so keep up the great work. And some really unique guests as well, business guys, pastors, athletes. Uh, so, so encourage guys to check it out. It's called What's Next uh, with Eric Wood. And, and Eric, final, final question. Uh, on your Twitter profile, you, you've got a, a proverb that you, you list, and it's 1125. It says, a, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. And, and, and just to kind of bring it full circle to what, what you mentioned earlier that stood out to me, you know, pouring the word on, on other guys that there's a, there's a refreshment there too, but, but why use that verse uh, on your Twitter profile and, and what does it mean to you?
2: You know, for me as a family, we, we've thought hard about what we want to be known as as a family and we want to be generous and we want to spread joy. You know, we want to refresh others. My little girl, before she goes off to school, you know, I'll say, I'll say, what are you going to do today? She'll say, I'm making a great day. I said, "All right, what are you going to do?" And she said, "Spread joy." And so, just like we want to spread joy, we want to be joyful. We want to fre- re- refresh others by us being around. And we've just—I just feel like we've been blessed with so much possessions, but also uh, with relationships that we want to just be generous with others and, and be known for that. I used to have a proverb before that: "That uh, uh, hard work brings prosperity, and talk, you know, leads to nothing." And it was like, yeah. Maybe, maybe we go a different direction and, uh, and, and, and kind of think about it from a family perspective, what we want to be all about.
1: I, I love it. So uh, I'll say it again. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's an encouraging word. Well, Eric, man, really great to connect with you. Uh, loved having you on the show and, and appreciate you uh, sharing your heart, a little bit of your story, and, and, and keep up the, the great work as an analyst and a podcast host.
2: Well, I appreciate that. You do a phenomenal job. Uh, new fan of the show Um, you do an excellent job bringing on phenomenal guests I I love what you're all about connecting sports and faith Uh, that's a that's a strong hitter for me as well so um, I truly appreciate it Bryce
1: absolutely well thanks man there's Eric Wood joining us here on the unpacking it podcast
0: intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is unpacking it with Bryce Johnson
1: And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack the conversation with former Pro Bowl center, Eric Wood, and we'll be looking out for him uh, this fall, especially on the ACC network. I think that's a great network. They have so many awesome personalities. Pretty soon, we're going to have Eric McClain on the show. Uh, He's great. We're we're working, actually, on a couple other guys from the network uh, to be on the show, and then, actually, one of the radio host that I grew up listening to in Charlotte that had a big impact on just kind of my desire to get into radio and sports radio. Uh, his name is Mark Packer, the Pac-Man, and he hosts the morning show on ACC Network uh, with West Durham. Uh, that's a great show. So uh, so I, anyway, I enjoy that network. But the some of the takeaways from the, the conversation, first up, football-wise, Scott Satterfield. So he played at App State, was a part of I don't know if he was a part of all three championships, but at least one or two, because then he ended up going, he got another job up at, uh, I think it was Tulane, so he ended up kind of leaving App to, to pursue kind of the next steps in in his coaching career, and, and it ended up working because he came back to App State, was the head coach, ended up taking the team to an unbelievable level, uh, not only going to the FBS, but becoming... Winners of the Sun Belt winning bowl games uh, t- just a, a tremendous impact on app state and then in his first year at louisville was unbelievable I mean people thought Louisville was terrible and and Eric talked about that and Satterfield just brought a legitimacy and he's a, a an up and coming coach I, I don't want to tell Eric this Louisville might not be his final stop. Uh, Satterfield's that good of a coach and he'll be offered some some bigger schools whether he takes it or not i, I We'll see, but he, he'll have those opportunities. But he's a Mountaineer. He played for App and and has been a coach, head coach and assistant coach uh, for a number of years, and so we, we still root for him. He's still part of the family. And then as far as Buffalo goes this year, like they're going to be good. I, I don't think there's any way around it. They, they were good last year. They bring most of their guys back. They add Stephon Diggs. Singletary, I think, will we'll take a step further. I think Allen will will take a step further how big that step will be is the big question for me um I I think guys for the most part if you if you've been given the the keys to the franchise you know how do you handle that? most guys can continue to improve year after year but can he get to the that upper echelon I don't know I'm not sold on that but I do think Buffalo will be in the mix for the playoffs and depending on what New England does this year they might end up winning that division i don't know how you count out new england even without brady i, I just like i'm not until i see it i can't do it <laughs> but but i but i look at buffalo and i go yeah they're gonna be good this year they're gonna be tough so all right from a spiritual standpoint the, the big takeaway and i mentioned it a couple times just that that illustration of the word being poured onto us and and what that means is when we go through tough times we need encouragement from friends and family and there's no better encouragement than the word of God and to meditate on scripture to be given, you know, verses that, that are important during the season that we're in, you know, that relate well to what we're, we're going through. And, and sometimes, you know, oftentimes God uses other people and speaks to them and puts a verse on their heart and, and then puts our name on their, their mind or heart to, to reach out to with that verse. And so we need to be obedient to send the text to to call and say hey this verse God gave it to me I want to give it to you to be an encouragement and and then on the other end we we need to receive that you know with open open minds and open hearts sometimes we're going through a difficult time it's like oh, I don't want to hear a, a Bible verse like that sometimes is our first response when we get a text from somebody it's like uh oh. but then we read it and we go oh that's exactly what I needed thank you lord <laughs> thank you lord but sometimes we're we're you know we're emotionally spent, we're hard-headed, hard-hearted, we're, we're frustrated, we're discouraged by the the season that we're in, and we just want to pout and feel sorry for ourselves, but then when someone reaches out, and, and when God's ministering to us through someone else, because maybe he's trying to get our attention, and we're, we're pushing him away, pushing him away, and so he goes through someone else, and sometimes it's my mom, and I'm like, oh, mom, come on, but it's what I needed to hear. It's a verse, or an encouragement, or... Uh, you know a devotional or a sermon and and it can lift my spirits and and be the the word that that I needed that, that God needed to uh to make known to me I, I just love that Eric you know shared when he was going through that tough time you know the neck injury, retirement, not to mention having a newborn baby i mean that 's a crazy season and and it 's cool to hear that he had the, the the circle around him to encourage him, and so we all need that there 's no question about it. And and then, um, you know, the, just along with that, you know, others pouring into us. So we want to pour into others. So if there's always this pouring going on that, you know, maybe we go through a season where, all right, things are pretty good right now. And we're not necessarily in the trenches, so to speak. Then we need to look for opportunities. Okay, who can I pour into? Who, who needs an encourage, encouraging word? How can I pour into somebody else? And then as life goes, we'll find ourselves in in another tough spot eventually, and we'll need that encouragement from the people that we poured into uh, oftentimes, that it, that it, comes, it comes back, and, and that way we're all lifting each other up during those, those moments. So we have to, to be proactive and aware and willing and willing to be that kind of friend. Um, and then the, the one other part that, that Eric mentioned about uh, his daughter saying, hey, what are you going to do today? Make it a great day. Spread joy. And I love that. The idea that we can go out, and, and even as kids or as parents to our kids, to say, hey, go bring joy to someone's life today. Help make someone else's day great. And if that's the final thing you hear before you leave in the morning, other than I love you, uh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cool way to not only impact your kids, but then your kids go and impact others. Hey, spread joy. Make it a great day. That, that's neat. That's, that's good stuff. And and then Eric's talk just uh, or mention of just refreshing others. So pouring into others and refreshing others. How do we refresh? What a, what a great word! Because we all need to be refreshed. We, we I wrote this devotional today. Uh, sometimes we can get stale in our faith or uh, just kind of numb to certain things, and we need a refreshment. We we need to be refreshed in in life and in our faith. And oftentimes, uh, again, people can contribute to that refreshment and so we want to be refreshing to others and also know where to go to receive refreshment as well so it all ties in together and and love that that message from today's podcast and then of course if you listen to the show I'm all about relationships connections and you know networking that probably that word gets a bad rap but Eric was talking about in podcasting uh, making connections but that that's just a life principle. We always want to connect with people and it, I always love when someone I know then either meets or is introduced to somebody else. I was talking to a buddy on the phone yesterday and I brought him and another guy to an event and the two of them ended up connecting at that event and now they text each other. That's cool. That's I love that. So then your friendships and your, you know, peer group, your business connections, all of that gets strengthened. Most importantly, your circle and, and family of believers, when that gets strengthened, and it's awesome. I love it. So get me going on that. I get fired up. I, uh, I love, love people. That's the key. Love God, love people. If we stick to that each day, we'll be in good shape. So thanks for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. As always, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. We'll talk to you next time, right here on the Unpacking It podcast.
0: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit That's unpackin'it.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, Visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.